Now we're talking about um, uh, authority by position to reign. Now I'm actually going to be just speaking one message on this. Um, I did a series uh, a couple of years ago called um, Whose Planet Is It Anyway? And it's a six-week series on the authority of the believer. And so I'm just trying to condense some of this together and I'll, I'll, I'll do some teaching on it next week as well. Um, doing some more practical application, but I want to sort of like lay a foundation uh, this morning and give you some scripture to be able to, uh, so that your faith can believe in yourself, believe in who God has created us to be. And so there's no good me talking about the power of words and the power of this uh, if you don't know who you are and what God's designed you to be. And so this whole message is going to be talking about your God design and, and the authority that he's given us so that you can be thoroughly convinced this morning when you leave this place that you're in charge that God has placed you in charge. It's not just he's assigned you to be in charge. The very DNA, the very creativity, the very, your very being was created to be in charge. And so I don't care how much of a slave you think you are, there's something inside you that wants to be in charge, that wants to be at the front, that wants to be the head, not the tail, that wants to be above only and not beneath. There's something in you that God put in there to make you, to make you like that. And it's not because you're trying to be like that, it's just you are like that. And so it's just, we're going to be having a look at that this morning. And so, um, praise God. Were you practicing any scores last week? Lining things up. Apparently I got the name wrong of Richie McCall, apparently. But, it's, but, but just let you know that his friends call him Richie, you say, rather than the Ricky. So, so. so it's all right. The papers call him one thing, I call him another because I'm free. <laughs> yeah, right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord, the victory culture. I love the sound of that. I love the sound of that name. You know, the word says this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And so I love the sound of, of, of that, 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 you know, that that makes, that this is the victory that overcomes. And so we could say that this is an overcoming culture. And so I love to talk about who we are in Christ. You know, God's plan is just so out there. It is just so out there for us that it's almost hard to believe that it's true. But the fact is that it is true, that God has elevated human beings to be next to himself. He's made us in his image and likeness to be exactly like him. And so God is the one that did this. This was his idea. We didn't somehow float around in space and say, I want to be God or I want to be in charge. No, God decided that. And so this culture that we're talking about is, is absolutely amazing. And, uh, you, know, you know, God has given us his inheritance. You know, I think we read last week that all God is is part of the covenant. Or that all God is and all God owns has become ours. And so we can just front up to God anytime, anywhere, anyhow, and he is not going to tell us and push us away. In fact, he will be incredibly encouraged by our boldness. The righteous are bold as lions. And he likes that. Because you see, our God is a bold God. And, uh, and so this culture we're talking about, it's an overcoming culture. And, uh, you know, the Word of God says that there's no good thing that God withholds to those who walk uprightly. No good thing, no good thing will he withhold from you if you walk uprightly. You know, some religious people get a hold of that and say, yeah, but you've got to walk uprightly. Well, my interpretation of walking uprightly is those that know that they're right with God. Yeah. And then no good thing is withheld from us because we've got faith. You know, and so it's not about walking uprightly. We've got to get that mentality out of our lives as oh yeah, because I know I'm right with God, because God made me right. God made me right. And so hey, how do we argue that with that? It's wonderful. And so you hang around this culture for a wee while and you're gonna hear a language. You're gonna hear the language of victory rather than the language of faith. You're going to hear us speaking about prosperity rather than poverty. You'll hear a language that talks about being an overcomer rather than defeated. And so it's a language that we speak. And it's interesting, as leaders, God has given um, the leaders of the house or the leaders of this house an assignment. And our assignment is to get everyone to get their language to line up so that we're all speaking the same thing, so that we're all saying that we're more than conquerors, that my God causes me to triumph, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that I'm not sick, I'm the healed, and Satan's trying to put sickness on me, but I'm flicking it off. We're all saying the same thing, that this is not, the, this is, this is not a naughty child, it's a naughty thing that they've done. They are not naughty, the thing they did was naughty. We separate ourselves from defeat and from sin, and we align ourselves with righteousness and with God. 
And so as leaders, that's our job, to get people to start speaking the same thing that God is speaking. And then God turns around and he says, when the people are one, when they are making one sound, there is nothing that is impossible to them that they imagine to do. And so that's the job of the pastors and leaders, you know, and fivefold ministry is to get people to make one sound. And so there's nothing that is impossible to us if we imagine to do it, God said. And so that's the idea. We're all speaking the same thing. And for years, Stephen and I and Viv and Martin and some of us, we, we would correct each other. We would say, oh, you know, I'm not feeling that great. Huh? Believing and receiving it. And we sort of kind of arrest each other's thinking, oh, I don't talk about I don't feel great. If I don't feel great, what do I do? I just speak, hey, I feel good. I'm speaking the opposite of what my feelings or the situation says. And then my words will change. Anyway, I'm going to speak that next week. <laughs> Preaching next week's message. Praise God. And so we're talking about I'm positioned, all right, to rule with authority. You see, God has created us to rule in this life. You know, and so on what I'm sharing is not new. To a lot of you, a lot of you are walking in this, but the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. It doesn't say that faith comes by having heard. It says that faith comes by hearing, and that word is actually in the present continuous tense, which means that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And so if we want faith in this area, we want to grow in our faith, well, then we grab a hold of CDs, we grab a hold of the word, and we listen to it, and our faith will grow in, in that area so that we know that we know that we know that we are in charge, that there's no sickness, no cancer, no, no, no defeat, no poverty, no lack, no devil, no oppression, no depression that can come near my space, my world, because I know who I am. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. And so on your outline I've put here that God's plan from day one was for man to walk in authority in the earth. This was his plan from day one. And his plan has not changed. This is not up for debate. God has not asked our opinion on it. The, the Godhead decided what they were going to do. And they were the ones that decided that they were going to put us in charge. Praise God. And we find out that in every generation, the Spirit of God has come to every generation to remind them, I put you in charge. Remember? Every generation, and so we're going to have a look and going to take a, a, a world view, I, I mean a, a world trip right through uh, until, uh, until Jesus Christ and to ourselves to find out that we have been given this authority. And so let's start that with this here. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 27, and God is speaking. Now this is God, the God, when it says, let us make man, this is God speaking. This is God the Father, God the Word which was Jesus' name before he became man. And so God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Spirit. And so these guys are getting together. And if you want to know what God is, God is three persons in one. And if you understand what three persons in one, it's really a little bit like a marriage, that the Stephen and Vanessa are now surnames Schlegel. Well, God's surname is God, and their first names are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so they are three persons. They are three beings, but they're all God. Okay, and so if you can understand that, they're not kind of weird-looking things. They are three beings. Two of them are on earth, two of them are in heaven right now, and one of them is on the earth. And there's always two in heaven all, and, and one on earth. And so right now, God the Father and God the Son are in, in heaven, and God the Holy Ghost is on the earth right now. And when Jesus was on the earth, he was, he was that representation. And so these guys get together, the God he gets together, and they say, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And let them, man, have dominion. Now look at all of these words here, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every living, creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image and his own likeness. He created him. Male and female, he created them. Isn't it amazing? So right here is the original plan. And it hasn't changed. And so God says, not only are we going to make man in our image, so we look like God, in our likeness, and so we act like God, but he says, I'm going to give them, we are going to give them dominion to rule. And so we have this situation here where we have a planet over here, which is heaven, and God creates a planet over here called earth, and God rules, he's got his little crown here, and he rules the heaven, the heavens, and they created a planet which is our home, and we were created to rule this planet. 
And that was the job. And God would come and visit them in the cool of the day and just go, how's it going? Just like you fathers and you, your mothers, when your children get a bit old and they buy their own home and, they, and you go visit them in their own home and you just have a look and they're in charge of their home and that's exactly what God did there. He says, we will give them dominion. And so what does that word dominion mean? It means It's the word radar and it means to rule. It means lordship, authority, reign, to tread down and to subject. And so we could read, we could put those in, that, insert that definition in verse 26 here, and it's not on your outline, but it would read like this. And then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them, man, have dominion. Let them rule, lordship. Let them have authority. Let them reign. Let them tread down and let them subject over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, and everything that creeps. And so God is explaining exactly what you and I were created to do. We carry on and we go and read on verse 28 and God puts another word in here. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over everything that moves on the earth. And so God repeats himself. He says, let them have dominion and then he has the word, let them subdue. And that word subdue, you've got, got it on your outline, is the word kabesh. And it means to tread down, to conquer, bring into subjection, force, and keep under. So now let me read that word and let me put and insert that definition in, in verse 28. So God would say to them, he's a seed, let them fill the earth, subdue it, let them tread down, conquer, bring into subjection, force, keep under, have dominion over, rule, lordship, reign, authority authority, tread down, subject, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and everything that moves on the earth. Now, to me, there's some serious words going on here. <laughs> there is some serious instruction that God is giving. And just in case we didn't get it, he repeats himself within those verses, and he's just packing that out. I would say that we're in charge, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if anybody's got a problem, I would say, look, you just read those verses, and it looks like we're supposed to be the boss. We are supposed to be the boss of this planet. We have been given a mandate. We've been given instruction. We have been given assignment from God. And God said, just in case you didn't know, Adam, or just in case you didn't get it, I've repeated it three times. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let God's word be established. And so God is repeating that to us. And so God's plan from the very beginning for Adam and for all of his seed, which is you and I, was that we are to rule our lives, that we are to have dominion, that there is lordship that is mentioned here, that we are to lord it over our world, that we are to force things into subjection if necessary, that we are to conquer, that we are to tread down. Now this is interesting because we've got another scripture in Psalm 8 and Psalm 8 echoes exactly the same thing that was said in Genesis uh, 1. And so let's have a look here. In, 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 in Psalm 8 it says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. It says that you have set your glory above the heavens and out of the mouth of babes and infants you have ordained strength to silence the avenger. And then he goes on to say, when I consider the heavens, the work of your hands, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. And then he asks the question, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a shade lower than yourself. You have crowned man with glory and honor. You have put all things under his feet. And so it's saying exactly the same thing as Genesis said. And so here is this person, they are worshipping God. They're saying, when I consider the heavens, God, the work of your hands, when I think, look at the galaxies and, 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 and the stars and all the things that you've got, what is man? What is this being that you are mindful, that your mind is full of him? There's another psalm that says that the, the God is ever mindful of us. God is ever mindful of us. Out of all this creation, and so this person is asking, what is man that you are mindful of him, that your mind is, is, is obsessed with this being? You see, and this is the same question that's going on today. What is man? What are we? Are we monkeys? Are we some slime in time? I mean, what are we? Well, well, well God's answered the question. He answered it, and he says here, 
What is man that is mindful of? Well, God answers it. He said, for you've made him a shade lower than the angels. Now, it's interesting, that word angels, because it's not the word for angels. It's actually the word for Elohim. And Elohim is God's name. Elohim is the name for God, the triune God, the creator God, creator God. And God says, you have made him a shade lower than yourself, Elohim. Now, when the translators looked at that, they couldn't handle that position. They couldn't handle that word, that God, you have made man a slight shade lower than yourself. And so they slipped in the word angels because that sounded a bit better. But the actual word on your outline is Elohim. It's, God's, it's a name for the God creator, the, 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 the trinity. And God has said that I have made you a shade lower than myself, that I have crowned you with glory and honor, that man is the crown of all of God's creation. You are the crown of all of God's creation, crowned with the glory of God, crowned with the honor of God. He was the one that crowned. He's the only one that can crown us. And he's chosen to do that. He has put all things under our feet. He has given us dominion over the work of his hands. Wow. I look at that and I think, oh my God. You look at that word crown. I just love the meaning of that. It says a showpiece, imperial, the regal power of a king in his kingdom. That's what it stands for. And so you stand for the regal power of the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. I mean, what does it say? We are kings. And so he's the king, capital K, over the kings. And he's the Lord, capital L, over the Lords. And so we are Lords, we are kings, we are here to reign. And so that word means the topmost part, the summit, the head, monarchy. It means kingship, representation of authority and power. And when God says, you have crowned him with glory and honor, God has made you the topmost part of his creation. God has made you and I the head. God has made us monarchs. Wow. Regal, imperial. How dare the devil come and challenge what God has made. You see, God created us. We are the top, what does it say here? The topmost part, the summit. We are the head. You are the head. You see, what God did was he made us a speaking spirit. He made that, you know, the animals can't imagine and then speak and then create and invent. They're instinctive and they're magnificent in their creation and how God's created them. But you and I were made in his image and in his likeness. And we have the ability to imagine and we have a voice that is able to speak. And we can actually speak and we can create like God does. God imagines and then he speaks and his words create. And so we are the showpiece of God. We are the crown of all creation. What is man that you are, your mind is full of him and the son of man that you come, you come and visit him. You've made him a shade lower than yourself. God didn't want robots and he didn't want more angels. He's got a, he's got a myriad of angels and they excel in strength and they're magnificent in how God has created them. But angels cannot imagine and create. They listen to instruction and they obey and fulfill instruction. They excel in strength and they listen for the voice of the word. It doesn't matter whether it's coming out of God's mouth or our mouth. As, as long as we are speaking the word, those angels will go forth and declare and bring forth those things. And they're waiting for the kings to speak. They're waiting for the kings on the earth to speak. And that's why when we're saying when the kings are making one sound, nothing shall be impossible for us that we imagine to do. We, praise the Lord. That's the authority, the position that God has given us. And so we find here, yeah, that's very exciting, Vanessa. Well, does there anybody else believe that way? Is there anyone else that thinks like that? Yeah. Do I have a witness? <laughs> yeah. Well, there is somebody else that thinks that way. 2,000 years ago, there was a rabbi that turned up on the earth and he thought that way. And the rabbi's name was Jesus Christ. Well, it was Jesus. 
And so you have a look here in John 10. He was having a conversation with the Pharisees. And of course, we know that Jesus was moving in signs and wonders and miracles. He came to the earth to show man, to show man how it was supposed to be done. The last Adam lost all his authority, bowed his knee to Satan and became a slave. But the last Adam turned up and said, hey, boys, this is how you do it. You walk in dominion. And so he healed the sick, cleansed the disease, raised the dead. Freely he gave, freely he received. That's what he said for us to do, the same thing, give us the same instruction. And so he was healing the sick. And the, and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, they came in and they were challenging him. Who do you think that you are? He said, and, they, and he knew that they were going to want, wanting to stone them. And he said to them, well, what are, what are you going to stone me for? I mean, what work of God that I've done are you going to stone me for? And they says, for a good work we will not stone you, but because you being a man have made yourself equal with God. You being a man have made yourself equal with God. And then Jesus turned around and says, does not your own scriptures say that ye are God's? Does not the own scriptures that you men read, does it not say that are ye not God's? And so he takes them and he was quoting to them from Psalm 82 where it talks about this. And so let's have a look. In fact, let's just read from John first of all. So they were accusing him and they, they said it was blasphemy because they said that you being a man make yourself God. And Jesus answered them and said, is it not written in your law that you are God's? And he, meaning God, called them God's to whom the word of God came and the scriptures cannot be broken. Do you say to him who the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you blaspheme because I say that I am the Son of God? And so let's have a look here in Psalm 82. It talks about God here and it says God. And the word for God there is the word Elohim. It says God Elohim stands in the congregation of the El, of the mighty. Of the El meaning Elohim. And he judges amongst, among the gods. Let me read it again without all of that um, Hebrew in it, and then we'll read it with the Hebrew in it. God stands in the congregation of the mighty, and he judges among the gods. Whew! That sounds pretty interesting. God stands in the congregation of the mighty and judges among the gods. Elohim stands in the congregation of the Elohim, and he judges among the Elohim. Interesting. And then he goes on to say, and some people read that and think, oh yeah, but that's God judging himself. God the Father judging the Son or judging the Word, judging the Holy Ghost. Well, that sounds okay until you read the next verse and get it in context. And so God Elohim stands in the congregation of the mighty judging the El, and he judges among the Elohim. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? God's asking that question. Defend the poor and fathers and do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Now, which one of the Godhead is dealing unjustly? Which one of the Godhead is showing partiality to the wicked? I would say to you that in the context, the subject matter is not God. The subject matter is the Elohims, is man. And we carry on reading here. Verse 6, it says, I said, you are gods, and all of your children, all of you are children of the Most High. But you shall die like men, and you'll fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit the nations. Now let me read that with those Hebrew words in there. And I said, Elo you Elohim are gods, Elohim. And all of you are children of the Most High, El Elyon. But you shall die like men, and shall fall like the princes. Arise, O Elohim, and judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. Now, Jesus was simply quoting to the Pharisees what God said about him. He was simply quoting what God said. God said that he, God, Elohim, is judging among the Elohim. You see, God has put us in his class of being. We are in his class of being. You see, God is the ruler of rulers. He is the ultimate authority. And he has made us like himself. Now, I understand we're under our Father. I understand that we're under our Creator. I understand that I am not Elohim God. The, 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 I understand that. But he has elevated me to be a being that can talk and walk with him in the cool of the day, like when he came to see Adam and wanted to talk and say, what do you think of this? When God came to the earth and he was just concerned about Sodom and Gomorrah 
And he came and he talked to Moses. He said, what are we going to do? The whole, the whole city is in a mess. Just stand out. I'm going to actually turn around. And I'm, just going to, I'm, I'm just going to burn this whole thing up. And Moses is saying, come on, God, you can't do that. And you have a look there in, G- in Genesis 18. The two of them are talking like best friends. And God said, okay. And he said, look, you can't judge the city. There's 50 righteous in the city. God, you can't do that. He goes, you know, you're right, Moses. I know I can't. I, 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 I'm not, um, was it Moses? Um, Abraham, Abraham, sorry, Genesis 18, of course. And, that, and, and, and so he went down to, well, well Father God, if there's, if there's five in this, in this city, and God said, if there's five righteous in the city, I'm not going to judge it. Now, that's a message for our nation. That's a message for the nations of the world. God is not judging the nations because there's more than five people in every nation that are righteous. And so this is not the time of judgment. This is the time of grace. There is coming a time of judgment, and that's God is holding himself back because he doesn't want to judge anybody. He'll judge Satan and his angels, but as far as man's concerned, we are. We are in his heart. We are in his heart to bless us. Praise the Lord. And so God created man to have authority over the works of his hands, and he fully intended man to, 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 to walk in that. You see, you know, really, God didn't create you for heaven. God did not create us for heaven. The original plan is that God did not create us for heaven. To get to heaven, we have to die. And death was not in God's original plan. Death death didn't come in with God. Death came in when Satan disobeyed God and then death entered the world. Sin entered the world. The curse entered the world. And so to get to heaven, we have to die. And so that's not God's original plan. God does not have any covenant names tied to death, to sickness, to disease. He has covenant names that are tied to healing, to wholeness, to freedom, to liberty, to righteousness. And so our place is on the earth. And at the end of the day, when all of this is tied up, God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And guess where we're going to be living? On the earth. And the Bible says that he's going to bring his throne down and he's going to put it in the earth because he wants to dwell with his people. So I don't know what's going to happen with heaven. I don't know whether it's with the angels. That's going to be their barracks. I don't know. And God's going to come down here and live with us. He wants to be with us. And so he's making, he's going to revamp this whole thing. And so heaven's not our destination. No, heaven's not the destination. Jesus coming to deal with sin was not the purpose. He dealt with sin so that we could get back and ruling and reigning. That was the end result. That was where he was at. He had to deal with the sin so he could could restore authority. And so dealing with the sin was not the means to the end. It was just to get there to where he wanted to, which was you and I ruling and reigning in life by one Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so God took this man, Adam. Let's get back to Genesis. Genesis 2, God took... Adam, and he placed him in the garden, and he says to Adam, Adam, here's your assignment. Have a look here. Genesis 2, 15. Then the Lord God took the man, and he put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Now God is saying, this is your assignment. You are here to tend and keep it. Now let's have a look at these words. The word um, tend is adar, which means to serve, to work, Till, to execute, keep in bondage. Now don't think negative here. This is before the fall. So keeping in bondage just means let's just bring this into order. And then you're to keep it. And that word is shema, which means that you're to guard it, protect, hedge about with thorns, to attend, preserve, and watch over. Now God said to Adam, Adam, not only are you going to till it and not only are you going to work on the earth here, but your assignment is to guard this place. Your assignment is to guard this place. And so I put on your outline there that Satan, uh, that, that, that Adam's alert system should have gone off. When he heard those words, guard, protect, and hedge about, remember Adam is made in the God class of being, he understood exactly what God was telling him to do. Now some of us can be ignorant of God's plan, but this man was not ignorant. He was in God's class. There had been no sin. It was only absolute life. And so we find that he knew what God was saying. I want you to guard this place. There is an enemy. The Bible talks about Satan coming up here. And he says, Satan says to God, he said, I'm going to exalt my throne. He had a throne. Some people reckon it was, it was the old earth. 
Some people reckon that this earth that we're living in is, has been recreated. And the reason you get that for is in Genesis 1, the Bible says, in the beginning, um, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes on to say, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was across the face of the deep. Well, God is light, and in him there's no darkness. Okay, and that word darkness across the face of the deep means there was a confusion. There was a mess. And then it said, and said the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. And nothing happened until God said, let there be light. And he spoke. And so between verse 1 and verse 2, they reckon there was what they call a gap theory, which when you have a look in, Gen in, in Isaiah, you can find out Satan talked about being, um, uh, uh, being ruling and having a throne. Anyway, in, 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 in um, Isaiah, it talks about Satan saying, I'm going to exalt my throne above the clouds. He said, I'm going to exalt my throne into God's territory, and I'm going to be like the Most High God. And, and God turned around and he cast him out of heaven. He says, you get out of here. You're not going to have my throne. He says, I will exalt myself above the clouds. Well, where are the clouds on earth? I will exalt myself above and I will be like the most high. And so God kicked him out of here. And then when God comes to Adam and God says to Adam, I want you to guard this earth. I want you to put a hedge right around this earth here. And Satan's going to try and come. There's an enemy out there. And this guy here is going to come after your throne. He tried to come for my throne. But he missed it. I kicked him out of heaven. Now he's going to come and he's going to try and get in. He's going to try and enter the earth. Now I've given you the authority and I've given you the power to be able to, when he enters, that you're going to put a hedge of protection around this place and you're not going to let him in. You're going to kick him out. Now some, some theologians say that, hey, if the earth used to be Satan's, he wanted it back. Whether he wanted it back or not, God was telling him, listen, there's an enemy out there. There's an enemy out there, and he's after the throne of the earth. I've made you of the dust of the earth, so you've got an authority to be here. And I've breathed in you the spirit of life, which is my creative power, which is made in my image, and you're going to kick him out. You kick him out of, you kick him out of earth like I kicked him out of heaven. And so as I said, Adam's, Adam's alert system, he should have been looking. Regardless of what he know, knew about Satan, whether he knew it was Lucifer, Satan or whatever, regardless, he should have been watching. Watch the garden. You watch over this and look. But you see, we find out that Satan let the guard down. And it's interesting because there's a, there's a scripture says, I mean, the Bible says hedge about as with thorns. Now you can imagine if he hedged that about with thorns and he hedged that about with the word, the Bible talks about when a hedge is broken, a serpent will come in and bite. And so that's what we find out, that, Satan, and, and that Adam allowed the hedge, that protection on this earth, he allowed that to be broken, and the Bible says that if the hedge is broken, a serpent will come in and bite. And that's exactly what happened. Satan entered into the earth's atmosphere, and he turned around, and what did he do? He came in and he challenged the word. Has God said? Has God said that you shall not do this? And there's two questions that are asked in Genesis chapter 3. Two people are asking two lots of questions. Satan comes in and says, has God said? And God turns around and says, who told you? Has God said you shall not eat from the garden? And then, and then he turns around, it's cold. And then God turns around and says to Adam, who told you you were naked? And you see that same question, Satan comes to us in our world and he says, has God said that you're the righteousness of God? Has God said that you're healed? Has God said that you're an overcomer? Has God said you can do all things? And God turns around and says, who told you you were sick? Who told you you couldn't? Who told you you were a sinner? Who told you you weren't right with me? And so there's two beings here, God our Father, our Creator, and then God's enemy, and he's challenging the Word of God, and that's exactly what he did to Adam. And instead of Adam saying, no, and putting a, putting a shield up, putting a, a watch up, and saying, get out, which we're going to find the last Adam did that. Satan came to, came to Jesus in the garden and said, if you're the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. If you're the Son of God, if you're the Son of God, and Jesus answered Satan with the word, it is written, it is written, it is written. And he is the prototype for how we live our lives. When we have thoughts come to our mind and say we can't do what God said we can, we turn around and we answer like our big brother Jesus, it is written. 
I am blessed. I am healed. I am more than a conqueror. I am above and not beneath. I'm on the top and not the bottom. Get out from me, Satan. And Satan will leave you for a season like he did Jesus. That's in us to do that. Hallelujah. And so he understood the authority. And so Mr. Adam, our dad, he didn't consult with the family, you know, like you have the farnows and they all sit down and we all discuss what the decisions are going to be made. Well, he didn't sit down with anybody. He made the decision for the whole lot of the planet and from him, the Bible says that death entered. You messed up, Adam, and sin entered. You messed up and the curse entered the earth. You messed up and death entered the earth. You messed up and we all lost our authority. By one man, sin entered the world and death through sin and then death reigned. That's only scripture, Romans 5. It says, just as through one man, sin, here he is, the epitome of sin, coming in and he enters the world. And when he came in, this whole world ended up being cursed. The whole world, everything that is representation of God, sin, all the glory, everything was cursed because the head of the planet who was the head of the planet who was Adam, who'd been given autonomy, who'd been given authority, he turned around and he gave that authority to Satan. Now Satan is the epitome of death. He is the epitome of of, of, of sin, death. Death is not a state of being. Death is, death is a personality. And so when death entered the planet, he could take anybody out whenever he wanted to. That's just how it went. And so what happens is we've got our Heavenly Father over here and he's on the outside right now. And our Heavenly Father, he's on the outside and he's looking in. And he can't get in right now because there's another being on this planet who's now the God of this world, the Bible says. The God of this world. How did Satan become the God of this world? Satan handed him his Godship, his Lordship. Okay, so let's just quickly read this here. Just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Well, I haven't sinned. I hadn't sinned. Well, our representative did, Adam. And what was the sin? The sin was he didn't believe God's word. That was the sin. What's the sin that's going to send everyone to hell? It's not fornication. It's not robbing, skill, stealing, killing, murdering. That's just nothing. That's just that's not what's going sending people to hell. It's because they won't believe the word. It's because they believe not the word. That's the one sin. Isn't that incredible? So simple. And so the first Adam lost our dominion, but we find that Jesus Christ, he came back to get it. And this is why he had to come in, into this planet. He is God. He has to come into this planet. And he has to be born of the earth, of a human being. And then God turns around and God breathes his, his, his spirit into him. And so it's God's spirit and man's spirit and, and, and man's body. And so we have a human being in the, in, in the earth that has not got the sin nature. And then we find out he grows up 30 years and then he takes on Satan. And he has the authority to take Satan on because he's not God coming out, out here. He actually belongs to this earth. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing our sins against him, against us. And so here we go. Let's have a look in, um, in Luke. You see, when Jesus came to the earth, he, when Jesus was born on the earth, Satan knew exactly that Jesus had come for the, the authority of the planet. He knew he'd come for the earth. He knew he'd come for the dominion. And so Luke here, it says here, and then, and then the devil, taking Jesus up onto a high mountain, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to Jesus, all this authority I will give you, all this authority I will give you. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said, all this authority I will give you and their glory. Well, wait a minute, devil, how can you say that? How can you say all of the kingdoms and all of the authority? He's talking to God right now. He's talking to Jesus. And he's saying to him, I, I'm giving it to you. I know you come for it and I'll give it to you. How can he say that? Well, he goes on to say, for they have been delivered to me. Well, when were they delivered to Satan? Adam delivered them to him. Adam delivered them to him. 
And Satan goes on to say, and I will give them to whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, Jesus, all of this is going to be yours. Ha. It's worth reading again, isn't it? Just um, all of the authority and their glory, for they've been delivered to me. And all this shall be yours, Jesus, if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, yes, I am coming for the planet. I am coming for the authority, but I'm going to get it God's way. I'm not bowing to you. I'm going to get it another way. And so we find out, praise the Lord, all that authority. Now let's just jump back here, and I actually want to, I want to just, because we are talking about authority, and we'll, we'll jump back into Jesus' part in a minute. But it's just interesting for us to understand, and, and, and for all of us to understand, that we have, have authority in, in, in ourselves, in our DNA. And it's interesting, it's been brought out in the story with Cain and Abel. You know, after sin had come into the earth, and now there was death and there was the curse on, on the earth. We find a situation when Cain and Abel, and they were the children of Adam, and, and they grew up, and Cain got really angry with his, with his brother um, Abel because Abel was worshipping God, and, and Cain really got angry with him to the point where he actually he rose up and killed him. And, and God comes into the earth and he talks to him. And he says to Cain, what's wrong? Why is your countenance fallen? And, and what's the matter with you? He said, if you do well, shall you not be accepted? But he said, if you don't do well, he says, sin is lying at the door and its desire is for you. Sin is lying at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. And so God is talking to an unsaved man in, a, in an environment right now that has been cursed by the presence of Satan, that sin is in the earth, death is in the earth, the curse is in the earth, but Jesus turns around to this man and says, sin is lying at the door of your life. It's wanting to come in, but you should rule over it. So God is saying that even the people in the earth right now, sin, the nature of God and Satan, is trying to get into people's lives. Yes, ultimately, if they don't get born again, they will go to hell because they haven't been born, born from the spirit of life. But even in their natural life right now, they can actually stop sin. They can stop addictions. They can stop that penetrating into their life. They can rule their lives. And you see a lot of people out there in the world, they're doing a good job of their life. They just haven't got the king of kings. And so for us as the church, if, Ad, if, if, if Cain or, or if an un, unsaved being is able to take the authority that is innately inside of us and rule over sin before they're born again, how much more should the body of Christ be ruling over our lives, taking authority over our thought life, just not letting it be like a train station with any thoughts, anything coming in and out just as it pleases. No, that stuff is at the door and we don't let that th those things in. I mean, when thoughts come to me and it's none of my business stuff that I don't need to know about and a thought comes to me to, hmm, thinking about this situation and then why don't you dig, dig a bit deeper, Vanessa, and start thinking a little bit more about that, thing, that situation. And I just go, get off, it's not my business. I don't want to think that. I don't want to look down that pathway, thank you, and just flick it off. I'm over, I'm a, I'm a lord over my mind. I don't have to think just any thought that comes into my life. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you continue to let those thoughts of, of, of negative, negativity, depression, oppression, poverty, and, and, and all kinds of horrible things into your mind. You eventually will live out that. And so the entrance is the mind. And so Satan, if you have a look at this and, and, and think that your life is here like this, this being here, Satan, he's coming. He's coming with all kinds of stuff over your life and you and I can still have a hedge of protection we can still guard our, our, our world we can guard our minds we can guard our lives we can guard our body look when sickness tries to come like you know you're snuffling uh, you know a lot of people that don't know something oh I think I'm catching a cold you just caught it I think I'm catching a cold well with the words of your mouth you have just caught that cold. Now, when something, um, sickness or disease comes to me, the first thing I would go, by his stripes, I'm healed. What have I done? I've put my guard up. And I might have to keep on and keep on and keep on, but Satan will leave me after a season. Sickness will leave because I have authority. I am a Lord. And whatever I allow, Jesus said, will be allowed. Whatever I stop will be stopped. 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound. Whatever you forbid will be forbidden. We have that autonomy to do that. And so here's this being, Cain, God saying to him, that, that sin lies at the door of your world, of your life, and its desire is for you. Sin's desire is to bring you down. But you should rule over it. And so we can rule over it. Cain, who was not born again, was told he could rule over it. We, the body of Christ, can rule over it. Now we find out, jumping quickly over to Noah, God gave the same instruction, even though Satan was now in the planet, even though the curse was in the planet, God gave the same instruction, the same assignment to Noah. He said, rule over the planet. He said, out of the, after you come out of the ark, he said, I, you know, he said, I bless you, increase, multiply, fill the earth, have dominion. We find God visited every generation and he came to them with covenants. And now this is really interesting because you see, if we see here, this pen's not working properly, um, but we see here that this curse was on the planet. Let me just start again. Because if we can understand that, you can actually understand the whole of the Old Testament a lot better. Now this planet is now filled with darkness. And so the curse is there and sin is trying to take people out. And so we find our beautiful Heavenly Father, he comes in and he finds a man on the planet, like we sort of see, like, uh, like uh, Abram, and God says, if you listen to my words, which are life, they are light, and they overcome darkness, and if we have a covenant here together, that means that heaven can come to earth. And so you'll find in Deuteronomy 28, God said, if you do my word, he said, all of these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be above only and not beneath. You're going to be blessed coming in, blessed going out. He says, Satan's going to come against you one way, but you're going to, be de you're going to defeat him seven ways. And so as long as they stayed in the word, the curse, which was all around them and all around all the other nations, and they were dropping, this little nation here, because it had the word, it was almost like a laser light was in there, and wherever they walked... He said, God says, I will bless the, 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 you know, the, the place where your feet walk because you've got a covenant with me. You've got heaven coming on into your earth. But as soon as they got outside that and they decided that they didn't want to obey God's word, what happened? They got into the curse. And that's why when you read the Old Testament and you see stuff in there where it says, and God cursed them or God did. No, he didn't. They just got out of the word. And when they got out of this word, they put themselves under the curse. You have a look where the Bible talks about the children of Israel. They came out of, they came out of Egypt and it says that everything was going well. Then they spoke against the word of God and they got bitten by snakes. Well, no, those snakes were already in the planet. They were already here. They couldn't bite them. As soon as they got out of God's word, that's when they got bitten. And so it wasn't God sending snakes. The snakes were there because Satan was there. And so we understand that God was trying to, all through the generations, just get his word. And if we stayed in the word, it was like a torch. And you just walked in that light as he is in the light. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Walk in the word as he is in the word. And you overcome. You see, his words are life to those that find them. His words are health to all their flesh. All of the promises of God are yes and amen to them. Now, it was conditional under the Old Testament. They had to keep the condition. What was that? That you just obey my word? What was the condition for Adam? Just obey the word. What's the condition for us? Just love this word. What are the people going to hell for? Because they have not obeyed the word. The word is believe in the Son of God and you'll be saved. Simple as that. And so here we are. We find dominion was restored with Jesus Christ. Let's have a look here in, in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 to 19. Now we find that Jesus has come onto the planet as the last Adam. He's living out his life according to the, how the first Adam should. He was taking dominion. And then he, he, he gives an assignment to 70 of his followers. And it says, in the 70 return, he's, and he gave them authority. In fact, I think it was uh, seven chapters earlier, he'd given them authority in Matthew to cast out devils. And these guys come running back to, to, to Jesus. They're all excited. And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus turned around and said, oh, you want to sort stories? You're all excited here? I'll sort stories with you. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. But don't be concerned by that. Just know that I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I give you I give you. Now, what is that word? That word, authority. 
is the word exousia. I give you authority to trample. That word is permission, privilege, the right to exercise authority, the right to control, to judge, to influence, to prohibit the action of others. Satan, I prohibit you. I prohibit that action on my family. You can do that, parents, in the spirit realm, speaking and prohibiting attacks on your children. So he says, I give you authority. I give you permission. I give you the privilege. I give you the right to control and trample on serpents and scorpions, which is Satan. And over all the power. Now that word power is the word dunamis. We get the word dynamite from it. It means the strength, ability, the inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. And let me tell you, Satan has got some power residing in him. He was one of the archangels, Lucifer. And so he's got some pretty, pretty heavy-duty arsenal there. But Jesus said, I have given you authority over all of the power or, or over all of the ability. I give you authority over all the ability of the enemy. Now we could read it like this, and I'd like putting these definitions in there. Jesus saying, I give you the authority, the permission, the privilege, the right to exercise authority, to control. I give you the right to judge, to prohibit the action of the serpent and all his ability, all his inherent power, all of his supernatural ability. So we have that right. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. That word trample is another word, to crush with feet. Advance by putting the foot upon, and that's exactly what they did in, the old, in those times when they had got the enemy, they put their foot on him and just let everyone know. The head kings, when they came against them, they brought them into the town, and then they put their foot on that king. And so that's what we can do. We are there to put our foot on Satan and to let all of the spirit world know that we know who we are, that we have got the authority. Now, it's interesting. Some people think, oh, I just really want all this supernatural ability. But if we look at it like this way, you know, the, the old story with the policeman, you know, the traffic lights go down and, and, and nothing's working and that we were in a city and you get the, and the policeman, the New Zealand policemen are out there and here's this guy, human being, he sticks up his hand and the big Mack truck comes and <laughs> screeches on the brakes and this big Mack truck stops. Why does the, that, that Mack truck stop in front of this policeman? That Mack truck could bowl the guy down just like that. But when that policeman puts up his hands, he has got the authority of the New Zealand government, the New Zealand force, forces behind him. He has the authority. The big truck, the big Mack truck, that has incredible ability. But when you stand up with the authority, the ability has to bow. And that's exactly what happens. God has said that I have given you the authority I've got the authority of the earth back. I've given you the authority. I don't care how powerful Satan is. And let me tell you, with me and Satan in competition together, there is no match when it comes to ability, natural ability, I'd be out. He could snuff me out just like that. But you see, he can't because I have been given authority. I have been given authority. And not only that, God says in Corinthians that there is no temptation that comes upon a human being that is not according to natural man. And so Satan is not allowed to bring some of his supernatural abilities. There's a lot of supernatural stuff goes on in the earth uh, with, with demonic activity. But it says there's no temptation that comes against you that is not according to the natural man, that with the temptation you can withstand it. And so Satan cannot come. He does not have that authority to come in and do some of his supernatural stuff. But you see, we have the authority in Jesus Christ. We have the authority to stop him. We have the authority to judge what he is doing on our, on our earth, on our, in our families, in our workplaces, in our cities. We have that authority. And so let's have a look here. Authority transfer. So when Jesus rose from the dead, he transferred this authority to us. He goes in Matthew, and again, there's loads, loads of scriptures here. Matthew 28, just magnificent. I think that's probably one of Peter Snethlinger's favorite. All authority, all authority, Jesus said, is given to me in heaven and on earth. He, came, he got the power back. He got the authority back. He got the authority of our planet back for us. He's our champion. This guy, Jesus, he came and he went down to, he went down to hell, the Bible says, for three days and three nights. 
And because death couldn't hold him, hell couldn't hold him, he got the authority of this earth back and he rose out out of that place. The Spirit of God went in there and he rose out of that place. And that's when he said, all authority belongs to me in heaven and on earth. Now you go. And when he said go to people, that was a transfer of authority into our lives. And so we have the authority. Then he goes on to say and mark the same thing. He says, what does he say? Go into all the world and preach this good news to every person. He says, heal the sick, cleanse the disease, raise the dead. Freely you have received. Now you go freely give it to everyone else in the planet. Tell them that they're free, that sin does not have a hold on the curse. Satan, that they can be free. Go out. And so we go with that authority. Now not only that, not only do we have the authority, but then in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus turns around and says, now you've got my authority, now listen. He says, you stay in Jerusalem and, and, and wait until you receive the dunamis of God. You've got the authority of God, but now wait, because I'm sending the promise of the Father. Now you've heard about him, he said, and when he comes, he is going to give you power. And that word power is the word dunamis. And so we have the authority of God and we have the dunamis of God. There is nothing stopping the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can use the authority and command Satan to get out. And then when we want to move in the miraculous, we have got the dunamis power of Almighty God that is going to confirm the word with signs following. The word is the authority and the Holy Ghost confirms the word with signs following. Acts chapter, I'm not Acts, Mark chapter 16 says, and that the Holy Ghost confirmed the word with signs following. That the Lord worked with them, confirming their words with signs following. Confirming their words with the dunamis following. We have that restored to us. Praise the Lord. And so we had the authority to speak to sickness and get, it, get out of here. To speak to addictions, just get out. Things that are coming against our children, that they have a covenant with God right now. I'm speaking to all of you older parents that you, you may have children that, 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 may, that are maybe married and are not living in your houses. But because you have a covenant with God, God has a covenant with them. And God will not let go of the covenant with our seed, with our brothers and sisters and cousins because of you. God blessed Lot because of Abraham. And so God will bless and he will protect and he will care for them and over them because of the covenant that he has with you. And God says that even if they're not faithful, he says, I will remain faithful to the covenant because I cannot deny myself. And so as long as one person on the earth is standing with the covenant, that covenant is alive. And God is standing for our families because of the covenant he has with you. And so we just say, Satan, get out. I know that I'm in covenant with God. I know that I have authority and I have the dunamis power. Now you clear out of our households. As for us in our house, we shall be saved. As for us in our whanau, we shall be saved. We just declare that the supernatural protection over them, that Satan, you may come in one way, but you have to flee before them seven ways. We declare, Holy Spirit, that you're released with the dunamis power and you are watching over the word to perform it in their lives. And so starting to declare those things in the spirit realm. Praise the Lord. And so our assignment, you see the authority has been given back into our hands and we have, we are, we are the body of Christ and we are unstoppable on this earth. Absolutely. Now when you hear this word, faith is coming for that. And when you hear this word, the words in themselves have creative power to create and to inspire and to stir up that authority that's already, already inherent inside of your life right now. And so God's plan. You know, I said last week, and just in closing, last week I said position is everything. Position is everything. And so where are we sitting? Where are we seated? Well, I'll tell you where we're seated. In heavenly places. <laughs> we're ruling and reigning in life by one Christ Jesus. That's where we're seated. Our position is right next to our dad in heavenly places. Yes, in heavenly places. I'm not talking about in heaven. I'm talking about in the, in the realm of position and the realm of authority. We are right next to our Father. We are one spirit with the Lord. There is not two, God says. I see you as one spirit with the Lord. He that is joined to the Lord is one. It's not two. We are not inferior in any way. We are perfect and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for this amazing word. I thank you for this amazing salvation. I thank you for the amazing authority, the exousia that you have given us 
the exousia, the authority to exercise, Father, this assignment that you have given us on this earth. Lord, not only that, but you've given us the dunamis power of the Holy Ghost. Lord God, that you have made us unstoppable. And so, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for every person here, every person under the sound, Lord, of this CD, Lord God, that, Lord, that this would inspire us to stand up and, Lord God, reach out to our families, reach out to the people, Lord God, in our communities, and, Lord God, that we just declare, Lord God, our nation, our cities and our nation are blessed because, Father God, there's a covenant with us, and, Lord, because we're covenanted with you, our nation is blessed. Father, we just declare that right now, that you are watching over your word to perform it. And as we declare your word, Father, we thank you that you're watching over that word, that covenant word, to perform it over our lives. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. That's been good. Good morning. Praise the Lord.